Welcome to The Gateway, your compass through the uncharted waters of mystical and spirit communication, broadcast live from United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM, New Orleans. I'm your host, C.L. Thomas. I hope you guys had a really good Christmas. I did. Tonight we talk about mediumship and is it a spiritual calling? My guest is a medium and host of his own paranormal show, The Paranormal Project, Scott Allen. Scott is an exciting friend. He is exciting because he just does so many things. Wait until he gets on here. He started out as a funeral director and then he became a medium. So it's a really interesting story. I will let him tell his own story. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, CL. How are you? So good to see you again. It's so good to see you too. Did you have a good holiday? I did have a good holiday, although I have to admit, I'm a little glad it's over. I'm still kind of reeling from it. Just, you know, exhaustion leading up to it. I actually like this week in between Christmas and New Year's because, you know, the rush is over. It's still the season. Kind of get through New Year's Eve and, and I don't know, it just is a lot. It's a lot nicer pace, I think. You don't quite have to throw away your Christmas tree just yet. You have until after New Year's. This is true. There's a lot of people, though. There's there's a lot of people out there who um, I've been reading on Facebook all day where they just take everything down like the day after. Well, that's because they've like had Halloween. it up in October. Well, it's like they've had it up since Halloween. I mean, you know, you're just fed up with it. I, you know, I try not to put it up until, you know, into December. And so at least I get, you know, a few weeks out of it. I usually keep it up right through New Year's and then take it down. Although Truth I have had a Valentine's Day tree on occasion because oh. <laughs> and i don't have a real tree i have an artificial tree so it doesn't really matter you know it's not going to burn up or anything in the living room but i just Truth be told, i do not have a christmas tree this year because i have a cat that cl- tries to climb i mean it's like a a month-long battle with the cat so i just did not even put one up this year yeah but, i know someone whose tree has come down three times with their cat so, yeah, that, <laughs> it's one of those things. I was, I was actually on a video call um, two years ago, and it was a room full of people at work. We were having a business meeting, and in the background, because it was COVID still, I had a tree in the background. And of course, you see my cat swinging in midair, grabbed a tree, and the whole tree went down behind me. It was oh just gosh. hilarious. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. But... but Good to be here with you, though. I mean, it's your brand new show. I love this. We did your other show last year, and and here we are again. I, I love you. Like you have a producer now. This is big league. I love this. <laughs> this <is big> league. <laughs> good for you. I don't know if I'm not if I'm good enough to have my own show. I'm trying. Hey, um, Elizabeth is on. Betsy is on. I see she that. says hello. Hi, Betsy. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. All right, so I guess we'll start with you. How did you tell us your story? Because your story is so interesting, even though it, even it is, though... it is. Well, go ahead. You know, I was a funeral director for thirty-five years. I dealt with grief and death and dying. I mean, that was my entire life. I was on the board of directors of the Massachusetts Funeral Directors Association. I own three funeral homes, so a lot of families, so a lot of people in the worst time of their lives. And um, even though there were thousands, and I mean thousands of dead people who came and went through the door 
you know, over the period of, you know, 35 years or so, not one of them talked to me, not one. And it's really interesting because in hindsight, I look back and I see, oh, the signs were all there. The signs were all there. Um, it was the empathic stuff. I was, and I, and I was, I built a new funeral home from the ground up. I, I was hearing people walking around upstairs. I knew when they were around me and not once did I ever attribute it to the fact that I could sense them and other people could not. I, I didn't, I just thought, oh, that must be like a little haunted or something because it was an old, there had been an old house there a hundred years earlier. And so I, I, I really, I really didn't think that this is what it was because it isn't what I saw it as in the movies, you know, like I saw ghosts mm -hmm. that ruined it, you know, sixth sense. It's so not like that. It's so much more. No. So, so I never, I never thought that this is what it was. And in hindsight, I see, oh yeah, duh. There, I mean, there were the signs, they were everywhere, but it's so interesting because I had this thought, um, I was speaking with someone a few weeks back and I served the living for the sake of the dead as a funeral director, I, I served their families. That's, that's who my client was. It was their families uh, before them. And here we are now. And I serve the dead for the sake of the living. In other words, it's the dead that come through to leave their messages. They're not dead. I mean, we call them the dead. They're not dead. They are very much alive. They're very much communicating, but I serve them. Now and and when I do a reading, I say, "Come to me. Come and and tell me what you want me to know. And use me. Use my history. Use my memories. Use my thoughts." And they do. And it's all so that they can deliver their message to those on the uh, you know to those that are still here with us. And so you know, thirty five years of doing that, I really got burnt out. I wanted to be closer to my family. I wanted to. Um, be closer to home because I wasn't. And my parents were getting older. I lost my mom last year. My dad's in his 80s. I needed to be around them. I couldn't be far away. And so I really, I gave it all up and I left. And that's when it happened. That's when, you know, I almost feel like I got accosted by the spirit world. It, it really became difficult to to deny that something was happening. And even then I still didn't think it was mediumship. I thought it was a spirit attachment or something. It took me a couple mm -hmm. of years of dealing with it to understand what was really, really taking place because, you know, it was very left brain. I mean, I came from an, from, from an industry that was, you know, I thought very well respected. Um, you know, you join the church, you join the Lions Club, you join the Kiwanis, you you volunteer for civic organizations, you help out and, you know, serve dinners at the church supper and and, and you serve people in, in, in a capacity that you have to guide them through a lot of details when they don't want to deal with any details and they can't deal with any details. And now all of a sudden I'm going from that respected profession to this kind of woo woo thing, you know. And I thought, oh, man, I mean, I'm not wearing a turban. I don't have a crystal ball. That's not me at all. That's not how <laughs> I don't need any of that. stuff. That's not how it works. But but that's the perception of what being a medium was to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was also part of the reason why it took me a while, because how do I go from that to this? Now, you had a spirit guide for a while that kind of 
had woken yeah. you up, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that's what he was. He's still there. It's not as it's not as in my face as it was years ago, but but it's very true. And it started out with him. his name is David. And I know his name is David because he would reach out to me through the radio. <laughs> he would talk to me on the radio. You've heard recordings. I've played mm -hmm. them for you. He would come through on the radio. He would come through on spirit boxes. He would come through on recordings. I think and, you and played if, one of those for me. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Scott. This is David. He even came into mm -hmm. work one day and asked for me and said, tell him Scott, stop, uh, tell him David stop by. And I don't know a David who's in this world. I don't know any, you know, I don't know a David. Uh, right. I didn't recognize him. I'd never seen him before when we saw him on the, uh, on the, on the camera, on the security camera. And he, he left, he never called, he never came back. And that was at the time where everything was David. And I thought, man, what is this David thing? I thought I had a spirit attachment, you know, cause I'd it's gone like on a, a couple of ghost stalker. hunts. What's that? It's like a spirit stalker. Well, it is because I thought, oh, man, I went on a ghost hunt. Terrific. You know, a friend of mine said, you know, come with me. And I figured she's an older retired woman. You know, what's the harm? You know, I can outrun her. They'll get her before she get before they get me. But but, you know, we went and, and then all of a sudden I got like these spirits calling me out. I thought this isn't normal. And after, you know, two or three months of that. And, and and it wasn't just that I was really, you know, like I said, I was feeling them around me. I had seen things. I mean, there was stuff I couldn't explain. Mm -hmm. And we, um, I, I reached out to a woman I had met who, who is a medium. And I said, listen, I have a spirit after me, which is really what I thought. I said, I, I don't know what I need to do to get rid of this thing, but I need help. And she put me in touch with another woman who's a shaman. And really, I mean, you talk about woo-woo stuff, you know, it just wasn't in my wheelhouse. I didn't, I didn't get it, you know? And I thought these people are out of their minds and they're telling me, no, you're a medium. I'm like, no, I'm a large. I was a medium in high school. <laughs> I haven't been a medium in years, but it's true. And, and, you know, I, it took me months and, 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 you know, it was a couple of years to be honest with you before I said, okay. I'm supposed to do this. Let me, let me, let me do it. But I had been doing, she was telling me to quote unquote practice and bring friends of friends in that didn't matter. You know what I mean? If I made a right. mistake, it was fine. And I did, I read them and, and to my surprise, they understood what I was receiving and giving to them. And some of them thought, my God, this is, you know, this is means so much to me. And I'm like, man, you know, hit myself in the head. Like, how is this possible? Like, what, how are you understanding what I'm telling you? It doesn't, I know it's coming from somewhere, but you know, you know, Crystal, when you, have you ever, have you ever had a thought and say, now, why the heck did I just think of that? Or why did I just say yeah. that? It's that kind of thing. And when you open yourself up to it as a medium and you say, okay, come on, show me. That's how it is. But it's, it's like, a lot more intense, you know, you get and, visions and everything that go with right. It. And the other thing too is a lot of times you just get the bits and pieces and nothing quite makes sense. But then when you tell right. the client, everything makes sense to them. Right. Because it's not our message. It's not for us to understand. You know, and I, I say that to people that I may get things that I don't understand. And I'll ask them, can you tell me what what that means or help me to understand 
why you're telling me this. And sometimes they do. And sometimes I, you know, it's almost like it's none of your business. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, like it's none of your business. Just tell them what I'm telling you. You don't need to understand. And then I tell them and they say, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Totally mm -hmm. get that. Without going into too much detail, too. Like sometimes it's it's so personal yeah. to them that. But they understand it. Well, it's funny. I had a reading this morning and I and, and, and honestly, it comes through me so quickly that I tend to forget. So I don't remember the details surrounding it. But there was there were two people that came through and um, they were similar. And, you know, we don't know if it's this one. It could be that one. We're not sure. And I said in my head, can you give me something that will set set, set you apart, set you apart? And they showed me birdhouses. Now, I said, <laughs> well, like, what's with the birdhouses? I got nothing, right? Birdhouses. And I thought, that's really weird. And I said to the gentleman, I said, why are they showing me birdhouses? Oh, I totally get that. I now I know who it is. I know which one it is. I said, you do? You understand that? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad you do. Because I don't need to. I just tell them what I need to tell them. And that's it. But you're right. It is. It's like those little clips. Yeah, they're just little... like little things. And sometimes you just feel so silly saying that, too. Because it just, it could be something so out of the blue, like you said, in birdhouses. And then you're sitting there yeah. going, okay, I'm going to feel so stupid if I say birdhouses to this lady. <laughs> whoever it is you're reading. But. It's so true. It's very, it's very true. I remember saying to someone once, um, "Hey, who auditioned for American Idol?" And 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 really, Crystal, it's like uh, it's like your your mouth engages before your brain does. In other words, you don't even know where it's coming from. You're hearing it for the first time as it's coming out of your mouth. Who auditioned mm -hmm. for American Idol? She said, "Oh, my next door neighbor." I mean, like, what are the odds? She had just lost a baby <laughs> the year before, and I and I. I have stopped stopping myself. Like I'd rather be wrong and then not give it because I find right. that when you give it, it's that most beautiful, obscure little moment. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's what it's all about. You know, I, if I said, I've got a man here, uh, his name is Joe. He looks like he could be your great grandfather. Well, no kidding. Okay. Cause I'm 60. So your great grandfather. Yeah. I would have a great grandfather on the other side. And what the, his name could be Joe, Bob, Dick, or Bill. You know, you had, you had a chance of four. You everybody's know? name was John back then. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> name was John. But if, you, but if you're talking about the birdhouses he created and the little cuckoo clocks that he made in his little mm -hmm. factory and, you know, whatever it is, you know, those are the beautiful moments. That yeah, I feel like you know? that's one of the things I really like about evidential mediumship, too. That, that subtle detail is what sets it apart. To where you're not just going out there and saying, oh, I feel a spirit and his name is Mickey and he died in this hotel. It, but there's no like verification to verify any of the stuff that the person's saying, you know? Yeah, right. And, and, I, and I won't do things that aren't evidential. So as an example, I, I had someone ask me recently on a reading, um, what's my spirit guide's name? Like, how do I know? I mean... I could tell you any name in the book. You can't validate it. So I'm not going to go down that road with you. I don't know. I mean, I may get a name, you know, because you'll hear stuff, you know, like, oh, it could be, you know, whatever. But but that doesn't mean that it really is. 
right first name. And, you know, but if I got your grandmother's name or your mother's name and, and what she did for work and the street that she lived on and, and what she died from and how long she had been sick and who was in the room with her when she crossed and that she left a slipper under the bed, they took her out mm -hmm. and one was stuck in the sheets. And the, I mean, these are the kinds of things you go, oh my God, you know what I mean? And it's not just right. that, it's painting, you know, we call it painting the person to life. It's, mm -hmm. it's, not just those details, because anybody, not well, anybody can get that, but but when you can paint their personality and they share who they are with emotions and thoughts and feelings, and sometimes you just feel it. You just feel the love coming from them. Yeah. Those are the moments. Those are the moments that I think go a long way. Truly. It's very true. On the flip side, too, though, um, one of the things that comes up a lot with mediumship, it's okay to be wrong. If a medium, like I think that, what is it? Only 75% of, of the stuff a medium says is correct. Usually. I don't know what the exact percentage is, but yeah, uh, well, I don't know right all the time. We're not. And, 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 you know, and I, you know why? Because we're human beings and our brains get in the way. So, I think it's really important. I'll tell people right at the very beginning of a reading, you know, while I'm making a link for you, please, please, please don't comment. Don't ask me questions because what happens is I almost have to be in this sort of like daydreaming kind of state. Mm -hmm. Get it. You just have to let it come through you. Um, if you, if you ask me a question or bring me out of that mode, it breaks the link and, and, <clears throat> and that's it. I can't. And once I start thinking, it's all over. So sometimes what will happen is you'll get something as a medium that you don't understand. And you'll think, well, what the heck does that mean? Oh, now I'm in my left brain. Now it doesn't right. work anymore. Now you just flipped over. And you just flipped over. And that's when you're wrong. So you really have to try not to do that. And those are some of the triggers, like asking a question or making a comment. Don't tell me about, you know, it really is true. I don't want to know anything when I sit down with you because... If I know you're looking to speak with your grandmother who passed a month ago, it's all that's in my head. You know what I mean? Right. I can't get I can't get that out of my head. So now I'm thinking, well, is she here? Is it her? It, it gets you thinking. So the less you know, how, the better. How do you discern between your own thoughts and that of spirit? I think really it's that I've never heard it before. I, I don't know it, which is why I can't read myself. I can't bring my loved ones in because I know them too well. Mm-hmm. As I said, sometimes I most often I've not heard it until it comes out of my mouth. Sometimes it's that flash in the brain. And I also really interesting. I don't know if all mediums get this, but I do get this physical sensation. I get a physical feeling. Usually it's between my elbow and my shoulder and it's almost like a pressure like like sort of like goosebumps sort of tingly but with a little pressure on it sometimes i'll also get it in the knees if it's even stronger so when they're a strong spirit when they've got a strong personality it's almost like they get excited like yes 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 you want you understand like when i say something from them and you understand it it's like they give me that feeling it's like yes she got it she got it okay keep going and then they start giving me more stuff but I know when we're not really there, that's why someone will try to, I'll do a gallery and they'll try to claim, I think that's my grandmother. And I know it's not. I just know. I just get a feeling I'm not with you. 
I need to keep looking. I think I'm over here. And it's that feeling we get. Mm -hmm. So I don't for know me, if that happens For me, to it's you. like the, the, I get a ringing in my ear mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. We all get it different, but it's that type of a thing. Mm -hmm. Whenever, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is that there's so many people coming out and saying that they're mediums now. It's everywhere. And it just seems like a lot of people are picking it up in order to make money or whatever it is that they want to do with it. Do you think that it's a, like a, a spiritual awakening that's going on? Do you think everybody has this ability? What do you think is going on with this? Oh, this could take the whole rest of the time on the show. I think that, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that there is a little bit of a spiritual awakening. But I'll say this, we I think we all have a little something, right? There's a little quote unquote magic in all of us. And I think the problem is, is that we don't stop and listen. We don't quiet ourselves down and really notice. I could have been doing readings, you know, 20 years ago, I think, if I had just stopped. But you don't do this when you're a funeral director. You, you, don't, you, don't yeah. do that. you have to listen and you have to pay attention. Then I think there are the people who watch TV and feel that they need to be what people are expecting when they watch a movie like The Sixth Sense or Ghost. Mm -hmm. So they're not getting it like that. They're right. not. But I think they're trying to make it look like they get it like that because it looks more incredible. It's the showmanship and mediumship. And showmanship, look, I do galleries in front of 50 or 100 people. So, you know, that being said, that's that's showmanship. But it's not an act. It's not like learning to saw a person in half in a, you know, in a magic show and then you can do it over and over. It's different every single time. And it's different depending on who's in the room with me, depending upon the spirits that are coming through. And it always has to be authentic. But I think that some people will throw away the authenticity for the presentation or the show. And that doesn't mean that they don't have something. They may have a gift. I don't know who has a gift and who doesn't, you know. But I've seen some the way they act. And I think, mm. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel mm -hmm. right. It doesn't mean that they're not real. I just don't think that they're being authentic in their gift. I think they're more about the showmanship than they are about the actual evidence that comes through. Right. I've seen that with a few people. So, yeah. And are there frauds? Look, no matter where you go, there's going to be somebody who upsets the apple cart. But I really, uh, I really think that uh, I'm just reading some of the, some of the. Yeah. Linda the has questions a, here. Yeah. Linda has a really good question. And, and it's, it's actually one that I wanted to ask you because I've had a, a reading go sour. Um, mm -hmm. the person was just not ready to receive what I had to, to, uh, give to her flat out. But what do you do when you have a reading that goes bad or someone that you couldn't read in front of you? So I always say it's a three-way conversation. It's me, it's the person in spirit, and it's the person I'm sitting with. If one of the three of us doesn't exist, the reading doesn't happen. Okay. So. I have to be there as the medium. The spirit obviously has to be there because otherwise there'd be no spirit to communicate with. And the sitter has to be there. That 
person in spirit is not going to chat with me if their loved one isn't there. It doesn't work that way. Otherwise, I'd go home and talk to Elvis at night. You know, and <laughs> right? I, I, I'd love to. It doesn't work <laughs> that <Jackson>. way. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. They don't talk to me. They're not interested. So, likewise, I find that if I have a headache, if I didn't sleep well, if I'm hungry, if I ate too much, if um, if I got in a disagreement with someone before a reading. My head's not in the right place. If I can't calm my mind down and think only about nothing, but I'm just what I'm doing, I won't do a reading. If you are in intense grief as the sitter, as the person that's getting the reading, if you're in intense grief, even though you want to talk to your husband, your wife, your whomever so deeply, you may not because that grief is blocking it. So I feel like, All of the elements need to be in place for this to happen. And when I don't read someone, I just tell them. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen from time to time. Like, look, I, I just have nothing for you. I have nothing. And they may think they're open, but it may not be. You know, they, they, they may be things they're not telling us. They may be, they may be under their, you know, under their breath or, or in their heart thinking, well, I really want to talk to my mother, but I don't want her to tell him this, this, or this about me, you know, stuff like that. I don't read minds. I don't know what's going on in anybody's head, but some of that stuff can block people off. I had a woman call me last week. She had lost someone very, very, very close to her only two or three days ahead of time. And she wanted to know if she could get a reading. And I said, listen, you have to be as ready to receive a reading as you as you are to not receive a reading mm -hmm. because sometimes you're just not in the right place mentally and, and they won't, you, you won't get it. They might be here, but you won't understand it. You won't see it. The message won't come across because you have to be ready. You have to be ready to not get the message. And when you're ready and when you're really truly open, I think it'll happen you have to be so you know it's they're just as responsible for the session as i am and so i give them the list of things and then if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen we're not magicians you know right but usually someone well i was just going to say though usually there's someone that'll come through you know you might want to speak to your husband but your grandmother comes through and that doesn't mean he's not okay it, it, but, but if you're only focused on him, if you're just focused on my husband coming through, you may not even recognize your grandmother and the things that she's saying. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's interesting, too. That That's what makes a, a trained medium versus somebody who hasn't really spent much time developing to be able to handle a caseload like that. Because the flip side of this, too, is that if you're not trained enough as a medium to do just a little bit of that kind of counseling, you can really hurt somebody in this. Oh my gosh. You hold the heart of these people really in your hands. There are some people that'll go out to a gallery because it's entertaining and it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll get a reading and we like to see other people get a reading. And that's all fine, right? But then you get the ones that come in and, and you're dealing with some bucket loads of pain. People that have yeah. lost children and spouses and, and that are dealing with some heavy stuff. And man, what's it like as a medium when you know they want to speak to their child and their child won't come through, or can't come through, I shouldn't say won't, but doesn't come through. 
how do you how do you do this? How how do you handle that? And I think that's where you have to understand what your limits are. And you have to be a caregiver because you are a caregiver. But see, I set it all out beforehand. I set it all out beforehand. You know, you go and you you look at some people um, and they'll say, I can read anybody. Don't worry. Just come on and I'll bring your so-and-so through. And I don't do that. I'm, I, I, you know, I'll tell them, look, I'm going to do the best I can, but I can't promise you because I I don't know if they'll come through. It doesn't mean they're not in a good place. I believe that they are. I truly are. But you might not be ready for it today. They might not be ready for it today. They might be acclimating and, and doing whatever they need to do because there's their personality sticks with them. So if they're quiet, if they're private, if they're shy, that stays it's right through the reading. They may not even want to talk to me. They might be like, who's this guy? I don't want to tell him anything. I'm not ready to tell him my life story and, and how I passed and how I took my own life or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Right. They may they not be ready for that. And so you've got to give them time too. That's why I think the mindset is just so important. So when we talk about uh, being in spirit, what does that actually mean? Out of the body and into spirit. Our spirit, um, you know, we we expire, you know, the, 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 it just expires. The spirit leaves the body, but but it's energy. And I, is it Einstein that said energy cannot be uh, created nor destroyed? It just changes. You know, I think we have this idyllic vision of what heaven is sort of like up there somewhere and the other places down there. And I don't think so. <laughs> I, I really think it's all around us. And it's sort of like a dog whistle. I think it's how I, 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 I make an analogy to a dog whistle that if you blow the dog whistle, the dogs come running because they hear it, but we can't hear it. I think it's like that with us is that they're here, but not everybody can recognize that frequency, that vibrational level. And some people can, but they're not any less here, you know? So Linda asks, do you see spirit in your mind or do you read the energy or a combo? That's a pretty good question because I get that a lot. Yep. And I'm going to see. So I knew it was coming. I couldn't stop it. I, was gonna <laughs> say I think I hit the mute button at the time. You know, Linda, I, we, so we all get it different. For me, I do see spirit, but not in the way. It's not like I don't see them in the room with me like like I see Crystal when she's in the room, you know, or, or, or through the screen. Sometimes it's not even the whole person. Sometimes it's something about them that is significant <laughs> like sometimes they'll show me like their veins like they have veins popping up all over something vascular going on sometimes it's a hair color or a nose sometimes it's their shoes they have really big feet or sometimes it's it's you know how their hair they have almost no hair or they're thin sometimes it's just that that little bit of something to help identify them but it's rare that i get the full-on person the way they looked in this life and i think you and i have talked about that that's why oh, i don't yeah. know I ever do spirit art or drawings because i don't know that i get them that way yeah and for me i don't i don't hear them 
as much as other mediums say that they do. I, I see more of like what flashes of the person. Yeah. Either yeah. almost like a like an image or something, like a picture. Like I'll just see the images. So it's very visual. Yeah, I get it that way too. But I, I feel like over time it has refined a lot more as I get sometimes in that little flash, that three millisecond flash of an image is this uh, microburst of emotion. Sometimes I feel like happy, sad, um, whatever. Sometimes I, I can even, if I just stop and I pay attention to my body, it can almost tell you where it's affecting me. Like there's something right here, something right here, or this, you know, or whatever, wherever it is, you know, I can tell that there's something going on, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what does Tabitha say? The funniest thing to me is that folks have a hard time thinking that spirit would be out during the day. <laughs> well, you know, and isn't it funny? We say this all the time, too. Like houses that are haunted are haunted at two in the afternoon, too. They don't just come out at <laughs> night. Spirits are there. I mean, they're like all the time, all the time. I think it makes for good TV to do the TV shows. It's been all the night, though, to do the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff at nighttime. I think it's just the vibe. <laughs> I think it's just the vibe. But... It's just if you think about it, though, the nighttime, though, if you think about it, it's because you're right. Everything's quiet. You know, you're not going to have the neighbors blasting. Well, hopefully not blasting music all night. And it it, right. it kind of is the ideal time to do. Any From that perspective, thing. it really is, because you want to go when 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 the world is quieted down a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you're doing recordings and you're trying to catch someone on a recording, then. You don't want to have cars whizzing by and people blaring music outside. So it's nice to have it. But don't you think, too, it, it happens to you when you absolutely least expect it. And sometimes it's when you're not so even true. looking for it, that's when it it's will so happen. It's so true. It, just um, uh, for instance, I stayed at the um, Mitzvah Hotel yesterday for Christmas. Me and some friends stayed up there just for the fun of it. And... um. I went up to her room because we were on different floors and I went to um, her room, knocked on the door and um, there's this beautiful antique desk, writer's desk on that floor. And it was the first thing I noticed because it, I just love antiques. And so I was looking at it before, you know, I just briefly kind of looked at it and said, oh, that's so pretty. And then, you know, went into her room for a couple of minutes. And by the time we came out, I just happened to notice that desk again and the door was pulled all the way out and there was nobody else up on that floor. Mm. But yeah, it was the least expected for any kind of activity that early on. It was probably four o'clock in the afternoon and we yeah, were just on yeah. our way to dinner. Well, what about yeah. when, when, when were you on my show a couple of weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going through the recordings and there's a voice that says, hi, Scott, which mm -hmm. is what happens to me all the time, but not usually on a show. And it was, it wasn't even my track. It was someone, it was uh, my co-host, Christina, it was her track. It came through. And then a cat came through on yours. So and, uh, my cat doesn't meow. Loki does yeah. not meow. <laughs> it's just, it's just the strangest thing, you know? So it happens when you least expect it. What's I say? They're all around all the time. They don't What's make strange about that, though, is um, when you played the recording, it sounded like a cat I used to have. You said that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, and, you know, who knows? And we've caught 
cats on camera and all i mean it's just strange you know i don't think anybody really has the answers to this why it <laughs> happens the way it happens i'd like to know who that voice was and and who was trying to reach out and say hello but you know so it wasn't you. it wasn't david though was it no this was a woman this time sounded like Interesting. one sounded like a woman and and you know what's odd is i thought the voice sounded somewhat familiar but I can't place it. I can't place it. It's almost so, like I know it from somewhere. Do you think that mediumship is a calling? Um, I do. And I do, and I, and I, and I, and I'm trying to be thoughtful in the way that I answer this because I think that it has been calling me my entire life. As I look back, I I notice it. I notice the signs. There is a reason why I became a funeral director and started working around the funeral home when I was 16 years old. There's a reason for that. And I think it was preparing me for this. I was doing what I needed to do to learn how to care for people, because I think that's what we do is we care for people, the, the real mediums, the real people who are doing God's work and caring for the bereaved. That That's they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, they're not gazing mm -hmm. into the ball and telling fortunes. And, you know, I mean, it's not showmanship. It's the real thing. This is what I have been getting ready for my whole life. And, and you know, I think that I think that um, let me try, let me tell you, when you get close to 60, you forget what you were going to say. So bear with me. It <laughs> is like going out the window. There was a point to this here. There was a point that I was going to say. I, yeah. Good Lord. I, I you know, it, it's I'm been a long you. week. Oh, it's been a long weekend. You, brutal. <laughs> you know, oh, I know what I was going to say. When you're doing what you are supposed to do, what what you were put here to do, you can't help but do it. So, yeah, it's a calling, but the universe just lays it all out in front of you. And, you know, you meet people, you learn things, you find people around you who will help you grow and help you do more of the good work that you're supposed to do. And I find that that's what's happening to me. You know, if I wanted to be um, the next great American idol, it's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I could try. I could try like heck, but that's not what I'm supposed to do. Instead, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And, and it's like they roll out the red carpet for you. And I, I mean, like spirit will roll out the red carpet for you. You just find the contacts and you meet the people and you do the work. And I think that's really what it's all about. I, I found it. I found it. And I loved being a funeral director for a while. I loved helping people and caring for people. I couldn't go back to it now. I don't think I could go back to it because I feel like where I am now is what I did then. I'm still dealing with the same people, but in a very different way. Yeah. 
That's very true. And and it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't have to fight it. I don't have to work. When I say I don't have to work hard, I mean, I do work hard, but I don't have to work at it to get noticed. People just find me. And I'm so grateful. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm so grateful. It took me long enough to figure it out, but I'm grateful that I finally did because it would have been a waste, really. Do you think that mediumship, um, you have to be kind of a strong person because you're dealing with a lot of other people's emotions and hurts and all that sort of thing. Yeah, It's almost like a, a lifelong journey to get to this point, too. Like you have to go through a whole lot of, well, I feel like you had to go through a whole lot of stuff in life and experience a whole lot of different things to be able to um, counsel people this way. So, so let me just say, um, and I think it's real important for me to, to say it this way, to put it out there. Um, I don't counsel anybody. And, and, I, and I will be the first one to tell them, look, I'm not a counselor. I do not have a degree. And, and you know, some people do, you know, have backgrounds in therapy and psych, psychology. I don't. I do have a background in funeral directing. So I know how to guide you from A to Z. I know where to direct you. I know where to point you. I know if you've lost a child, I can send you to compassionate friends. I know if you have other issues, I can send you to this place or that place. But I'm not the counselor. But what I can do is facilitate a communication. And sometimes that's the healing that people need, that they need to know their loved ones are okay. I'm okay. The love we shared in this life is not over. It's not gone. It still exists. It's just changed. It's different. Once you get that and you can facilitate that communication, I think, I think understanding that too is what makes a good medium a better medium you know to understand what their place is and you're right the ex the life experience the experience through the years whatever that experience is because you bring your own experience to to whatever you do you know I, I bring what i bring but that's not maybe the be all end all i mean you bring something different and and you know other people will bring something different we know another medium who was who was in the priesthood was a I don't think mm -hmm. he actually went all the way, but but he brings that pastoral. You talk about counseling that pastoral uh, side and experience with him into his mediumship, and it's just beautiful how it how it yeah. just blossoms and unfolds. So I think we all have something, and spirit will make sure that the people that need us are the right people that need us. I'm not going to have someone call me that needs you or that needs someone else. But the ones that I'm able to help will find me and vice versa. So I think that life experience is important. I don't know that I would have been as effective, you know, 30 years ago as I am now. And I don't think I'm as effective now as I will be in 10 years. You know, that's just, I, I feel like even, even, 10 years from now is going to change a lot. So you brought up a good point with um, he brings that pastoral side mm -hmm. to mediumship. Where does God play in mediumship? Not so much religion, but the idea of God or a higher being or so, like some sort of spiritual element. Yeah, and, and everybody's idea of God, who God is, is different based on your beliefs and how you were raised. 
you could call it spirit, you can call it the universe, energy, the universal energy, God, you know, Buddha, what, what, whatever you want to say, right? <laughs> we all have our own version. What I think it's important to note is that the mediums that I know and that I work around and work with are the most God centered people I know. Now, does that mean they sit in church every week? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that's it. I had someone write to me recently and tell me I was doing the work of the devil. And, you know, you yeah, get these people. Yeah, they have their beliefs, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to convince anybody, but I don't think that a devil would help heal so many people. I just don't. And and there is a God, a universe, whatever you want to call it, that is behind all of this. There is this universal life force that just puts all of these pieces together and, and promotes the healing. I don't have any interest in anything dark or anything negative. And the opposite of that is love and God. And that's really, I think, who's behind all of this. And that could be whatever you call it. I think it's just that one universal life force, but whatever you want to call it is, is, is up to you. But we are that we are, we are God centered people. We are, we're not doing the devil's work. We're not doing Satan's work. You know, Satan can mimic and they'll come. Why is Satan going to come through me to help somebody else heal and feel better about themselves? I don't think that's what a devil or a demon would do. Right. I just don't. I used to get that a lot too. Yeah. Back when I was involved, I just don't even pay attention to that kind of stuff anymore. But no, but some people feel they need to reach out and let me know. Yeah. <laughs> that's very true. Just so, goes on. Tell me about what your thoughts on about spirits being trapped in a particular place. Cause we hear that a lot in paranormal. We do. Um, I have mixed feelings on it. I, I don't know if they're trapped in the sense of being trapped. I think some willfully stay. I think they don't want to go. I, you know, some of them, it could be, they're afraid of judgment. It could be, you know, they may have some time of just like what just happened to me. And then this realization of, but my family's here. I'm not going. I mean, I don't know. I'm, these are just thoughts that I, that right. I, have. I don't really know what the reality is because I'm not there yet. But I, I think that spirits who are in a let's see let's use a haunted location as an example and that kind of gets me because they'll say well don't you you're not allowed to cross anyone over because they want them they want to go stay in there so they can make their profit well first of all i think if we were going to cross them over we could do it i could do it from home the following right. day i don't <laughs> need to, i don't need to do it there with a you know with all my magic spells and stuff it just doesn't work that way but they're not going to go if they don't want to go. 
So it, that's why I say it's not a question of them being trapped. I, you can show them the light. You can tell them where the light is. But if they don't want to go, they're not going to go. I feel like with some spirits, it's their own stuff. Like you think about somebody who is completely depressed in life, how they kind of get stuck in a place spiritually. Yeah. I feel like maybe that's what a spirit does that's that's in the other side. Maybe they're just stuck with all their emotion and crap from life that they're trying to sort out still. And so they're still there in whatever anger or sadness or whatever it is. Maybe. No. You know, I mean, it's possible. I, I just, I, I don't know. And I think for anyone to say definitively one thing or another, I don't think anyone could really know one way or the other because you know as many readings as i've done none of them come through and tell me oh my god you should see it here it's amazing here let me show you this is where i live this is the, you know we don't get that kind of stuff it's, it's, it's like not we're not allowed to know yeah no we have to take our own journey it's our journey too you know we just all we get to do is tell people what they tell us to tell them that's it tell them bird's eye maple that's it tell them that <laughs> just tell them that they'll understand it and you feel like a kook and they go, oh, my God. Yeah, my my father's library was all bird's eye maple. Oh, great. Good. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we only get to tell them what they tell us to tell them. Can you um, share kind of the steps that you use to get into the spirit to try to read somebody or read for somebody? Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because it's changed over the last several years. And and as I I think the number one, the first thing is you just have to trust them. I think I used to do this big 45 minute to an hour thing, getting ready, bringing myself in. And look, they're going to be there <laughs> as soon as you as soon as you just believe them. Look, I trust you. I know you're going to be there. They show up. But I always take five or 10 minutes. Really, that's it now. And I'll just sit and kind of just quiet my mind. I used to try to take a take an inventory of, of the spirits that were with me. Okay, got a man over here. He died of a heart attack. There's a woman. She fell off a horse. There's, I mean, you know, you get the whole thing all planned out. And I, and I don't think I was always right. You know, it's like you did the whole reading before the person even walked in the room. So if you just stop, clear your head and say, okay. I'm ready. Take me, use me like an instrument, play me, use my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, my everything, you know, anything that's in my history, in my memory, in my emotions that you can use to show me what it is you want to tell these people that are sitting across from me, use it, share the space with me, come as close as you can and just let me know. And then it just works. And then it just works. And sometimes I'll have them come through. They'll start coming through before a session once in a while, like really close. I'll be like, no, 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 no. Stand over here. I, I'm not ready to talk to mm -hmm. you yet. Because what will happen is they'll tell you a bunch of stuff and then they take off and, and you're just doing it from memory. Yeah, it's really not, quick. Yeah, it's that quick. It's so you have quick. to kind of like put them off a little bit. So I don't do much except just stop, clear my head, take a few deep breaths. I put on a little soft music and I just say, okay, just, just use me. That's it. I'm here. I'm here for you. Have you ever had, have you ever seen them even before you get to the reading? Like in dreams or anything? Cause I've had that happen many times. Yeah, see, I, I, even get there. 
Yeah, I don't get the dream thing much. Even even in my own life, I don't. Once in a while, I'll have a dream, but it's usually nothing prophetic or or even my own family members. I've had, had my mom come through once in a dream. And, 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 you know, I can't say it was any more than a dream, really, to be honest. I think that uh, that just isn't how I get it. I I've learned for me that in the moment is the best thing for me. I'm here for CL. Put a dome around us. Anyone that's here for CL, you can come on into the dome. If you're not here for CL, stay out for now. And as soon as the reading starts and you're sitting with me, okay, come on in, let's go. And then they can start giving me their thoughts, impressions, and emotions. And I'm open for it. I don't, I don't, I don't look for them prior to the reading anymore. And they always show up. They're always there. You know, I had a gallery. What's that? Is there a specific reading that you've had that really stands out to you? I'm trying to think. I, I you know, without sharing any kind of real details, because, you know, what I do, we, I, I maintain the confidentiality, but I did have a woman that had lost a child and we had gone back and forth about whether it was the right time to meet with her. And, he did come through and I was a little bit concerned because I knew she had lost him, but it was the most healing session I think I've ever had. It was emotional. We cried, we laughed. We, I mean, it was just, I mean, truly we felt his essence in the room with us. His personality was there. There were things that needed to be said by him that were said that she understood and and she knew he he also gave her some validation of things that were going on in her life right now where she was going what she was doing what was going on with her house i mean and i'm giving you some details i don't really remember exactly what the details were but it was things like that and that was pretty profound that was some heavy duty stuff. It was, it was really, really, really good. Um, still sad nonetheless, but the fact that we could make that connection was just incredible. So that's one of the, that's one of the better ones, I think. Well, Scott, you're working on a book, aren't you? I am. I am living to serve the dead. And it's, it is this story of growing up, um, going into the funeral business at such a young age and how I began to understand that spirit was around, how I got into the funeral business, where I think the mediumship may have come from in my family. And the book is pretty much written now. It's just with the editors and hoping to get it, get it off to the publisher uh, by spring is what I'm, that's, that's, that's the goal at this point, kind of anxious to get it, get it going, to get it out there. But it's it's really the whole story. And it's also it's also the ghost story. It really is. It's the whole David story. It's it's the apparitions. It's the calling them calling me through the radio and and, and speak to me on recordings and and coming into my place of work and and really just hammering me with with these signs that I don't get anymore like that and just assume mm -hmm. they leave me alone most of the time to be honest with you but it was <laughs> but it was an interesting story and it's it's really the story of the opening 
Um, and it's not part of it is 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 a go. It's really a ghost story. It was kind of scary for a while. So yeah, so I'm hoping that the book will be finished soon and get it published in 2024. That's that's the goal. I don't know how long it takes once it goes to the publisher, but it could be a while. I guess, I would imagine. So Scott, we have about five minutes left. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to tell us what you have coming up and where people can yeah. find you and yeah. any last thoughts? So, so I'm in Boston and my website is mediumscottallen.com. That's A-L-L-A-N, as you can see on the screen here. It's mediumscottallen.com. I have a bunch of events coming up. You can sign up for my newsletter and get information on all of that, plus, plus my newsletter that I send out twice a month. I've got events coming up in and around Massachusetts, but I also am going to be in San Antonio, Texas at the end of January. Last weekend in January, I'll be in San Antonio reading there. I will be in Naples, Florida for a weekend of um, mediumship at the Light the Way Spiritualist Center in Naples. And they are going to host me. I'm doing a gallery on Friday night. I get private readings. So if anybody's in Florida and you'd like to meet me there, I'll be in Pennsylvania in January. And that is um, January, not January, June, June 1st. And that is in Newcastle, Pennsylvania at the Haunted Hillview Manor. I'm, I'm doing a gallery there uh, on that particular day. What else? Oh, I'm also going to be on season two of Doc Gecko's Paranormal on Amazon Prime. We are filming next month. I'm very excited about that. Don't have any details <laughs> to share, but mainly because I don't know any, but I don't have any details to share. But if you look for that, look for Doc Gecko's Paranormal on Amazon Prime. That's coming on. And if you'd like to book a private reading with me, you can just go to my website. Again, mediumscottallen.com and you can... Uh, go to book a reading and you can book a, you know, a medium or psychic session with me there. Scott, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Yeah. It's a pleasure to chat with you. CL. I, I love this. <laughs> I do. Thank I you do. for being a guest. Well, thanks for having me. And, and I really am so happy to be here with you. You know, I could talk about this stuff. We could have done another hour. I'm sure. I love. I oh, love I know. There's there's a whole list of other questions that we could have gone into, but but that just means I got to have you back, right? Another show, yeah. another show, and thank you to <laughs> Tabitha and Linda and Betsy and everyone else that came out tonight. Tabitha said, "Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure hearing different mediums' experience and how you got where you are." Thank you, Tabitha. I appreciate that as well. So nice. Aww. Thank you, CL. Yeah, so nice to chat with everybody and to chat with you. Thank you guys so much for being for being listeners. And Scott, thank you for being on. I really enjoy having you on. An absolute pleasure. You've been listening to The Gateway, your portal to the unexplained, the mystical, and otherworldly broadcast live from the United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. You can find me online at www.clthomas.org. Until next time, this is CL Thomas.